Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, and Lord, we just thank you for the beautiful day you've given us, Lord God, and your creation just cries out with the light of the leaves in your trees, and it's just amazing, Lord God, how people cannot look at this and realize that there is a creator. Lord, we recognize this, and we praise you, and thank you, and give you all the glory. Lord, uh, be with us through this uh, through the CE hour, Lord God, and the service this afternoon, Lord, uh, we wait in anticipation on what you will do with these words. And Lord, we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, our text today is Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 26, if you want to follow along in your Bible or Bible app. Uh, one thing I do love about the Sermon on the Mount is how Jesus kind of like takes the, the cookies from the top shelf and he brings them down to the bottom shelf and it makes it really easy to understand. And a lot of the things he's doing with, with, with this teaching, this isn't anything new. This should not be anything new to the people, right? This is something he's reiterating. You know, how many times have you read where he says, as it is written, as you have heard, he does this a lot, and it's like, you, you should know this already, but guess what? I'm, I'm going to either repeat it, or I'm going to expound on it, right? Sometimes he expounds on stuff that came out of the Old Testament. So let, let me read, um, starting at verse 13, we're going to start about, uh, talk about salt and light. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But I know all of you right now are thinking, this little light of mine, right? right? That's, that's, what, that's where my mind goes when I read this passage. He says, uh, put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's, that's the main goal there, right? Uh, and then it talks about Christ coming because uh, to fulfill the law. Not get rid of the law, but fulfill the law. It says, do not think... I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. 
For truly, I say unto you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota or dot. I think in the King James, what is it? Uh, dot and tittle, I think. Jot and tittle, yeah. Will pass from the law until it is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's going to be an interesting talk when I get to it. Uh, Anger. And you have heard that it is... It is said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable for judgment. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar... And, there are, and then remember your brother has something against you. Leave your gift at the altar and go. First, be re- reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court. Lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge and the, to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say unto you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. So I'm chunking these up into three different, three different ones. First is the salt and the light. Uh, you know, we're, we're supposed to be salt and light. And what was the primary use of salt in the day? You know, we, we think of salt and we think of seasoning, right? We see people get chopped on chopped all the time for not using seasoning on their, on, on their salt, on, on, their, on their meals. But mostly what salt was used for was preservation, preservation of meat. So you really didn't have to worry about salt in the meat because it's packed in the salt to preserve it. And, you know, this passage is talking about what can happen uh, with the corruption of the world. Um, you know, and, and it'll, it says the salt would become worthless after the rain and then it'd be trampled underfoot, Right. Um, so salts along the uh, Red, uh, Dead Sea uh, didn't just contain sodium chloride, right? It, it uh, had a lot of other trace minerals, a lot, lot of different minerals. And what would happen after the rains would come and stuff like that, what was left was the minerals. And what they would use those minerals for is, uh, especially the Romans, I think, started doing this is throwing it out into the dusty streets to keep the dust down. So, you know, trampled under men's feet. So, so that, I thought, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, so, so we have to keep our saltiness about us, right? We got to have that flavor, right? Because if we do not, if we do not make ourselves approachable, right? And, and, and be that salt to this world, we're just going to turn people off, right? It also says you are the light. And, and, and the only light that we can carry as human beings is, this, uh, is the Holy Spirit, 
right? That light is given to us. Uh, like, uh, you know, how many presidents have butchered that the United States is the city on the hill, right? And that is totally, totally taken out of context. Because who is the light of the world? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ alone. And uh, just like Christians whose values and conduct uh, do not remain distinct from our culture around us, right? We, we can, uh, this can cause us to fail in our mission to be Christ-like. So this is the salt and the light is really causing us to be Christ-like. If you look at all of these attributes that we're learning in here, you know, we did the Beatitudes last week. This week we're doing salt and light, the law, and anger. These are all attributes of Christ. These are all attributes of God, right? And just bringing them to light of how we should mimic those, right? How we should deal with those. So, so next is Christ fulfilling the law. This, this, this one was an uh, uh, interesting study. And there, there's, there's a myriad of stuff out there. If, if you get into any type of concordance online and, and such like that. I typically, in my, in, in my preparation, I stick to like Ligonier and John MacArthur. I, I definitely keep to the, to the Reformed uh, teachers. But uh, it said the law and the prophets. So, so when it says, uh, do not think uh, that I have come to abolish the law of, or the prophets, um, what's it talking about? It's talking about the Old Testament, right? People knew the law from the Old Testament. Um, but what happened to the law? The law was pretty straightforward, right? We think that, you know, when we probably think the law, we think Ten Commandments, Right? The Pharisees, being the evil men that they were, kept on adding to the law, adding to the law, adding to the law, to where, I mean, it actually, uh, there, there, there were laws on the Sabbath of actually how many steps you could take. And once you went past that next step, you know, you were, you were regarded as evil and, you know, punishment can ensue now. Crazy stuff. But it happens. We've seen this. Uh, pastor's going to talk about it. This, this came to mind. It's the Roman Catholic Church. They, you know, actually the Catholic Church, when we go back, meaning unity, it, it was the original church, right? And, and it was right, but it way lost its path. And we're going to learn a lot about that uh, on uh, the teaching on Reformation. Um, looking forward to that. Um, it says Jesus fulfilled the law and in no way nullified or replaced it. He fulfilled it. And, and, and why? He was the only perfect one that could fulfill the law. Now we have to strive to hold the law. Can we hold the law? Can we? Can, do we screw it up? You know, I, I, I always like, um, I can't. My, my mind just went blank. The guy, the evangelist that goes in, he uses the Ten Commandments. Ray Comfort. Ray Comfort. And, you know, he'll go through. He, have you ever done this? Yeah. You know, he says, do you realize if you break one of these, you broke them all? Uh, you know, so, so it's only Jesus that is, and, and he's our example. But that doesn't mean we throw the law away. That means... You know, the law has always, always, always what? It always is pointed towards Christ. That's, that, that's, that's where the law is, the only fulfiller of, of the law. And, you know, Jesus established the true intent and purpose of the law through his teaching and his perfect life, right? 
like I said, the Old Testament law always pointed towards Jesus. Uh, the iota and dot, those are the smallest characters in the Greek alphabet, and it's, it's used as an emphasis, right? Uh, that, that none of it's going away. Jesus said none of it's going away. Not even the smallest characters that you can possibly put in. It's not going away, so it's still viable today. And it says, until it is accomplished. What's it talking about? God's kingdom, right? Just like we will have sin in our lives until we're glorified, right? Just like we strive forward continuously in our sanctification until that day of glorification, right? Um, You know, we can never fulfill the law, but we always have to strive for the instruction that it has in our lives. So it's something that we should embrace, right? It should be something that we want to learn. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there uh, that will like, oh, you don't need the Old Testament, just the New Testament. And it's like, no, it's there for a reason. It's there for us to learn, right? To understand, what are we learning? When we, when we study the law, we are understanding the characteristics of God, his attributes, we don't throw that away. We don't take that lightly. And I, I really thought it was interesting. The righteousness exceed, uh, exceeds the, uh, when it says righteousness exceeding the scribes and the Pharisees. You know, he puts, he's putting them as an example here, right? And I think there's a little sarcasm here, but, but not because the people really looked at the scribes and the Pharisees as the most holy, holy people around, Right? And, you know, what did Jesus call them? You know, they're, they're, they're clothed gloriously on the outside, but there are whitewashed tombs on the inside. But he still used that as an example because people could relate to it, right? But, uh, I mean, I almost, you know, I think in hindsight, we can almost look at that and like, well, that could be kind of sarcastic, you know? <laughs> Two, you know, by focusing on the externals, the Pharisees and the scribes avoid the real intent of the law, and really obscure its meaning. And, and I, I mentioned that before. They kept on adding and adding and adding to the law to where it was so obscured you couldn't really understand the truth of the law, right? Um, if you're worried about how many steps you can take in a day or you know, if your animal falls in a hole and you can't get it out because it's the Sabbath, it, it, it got messed up. Uh, the law holds true today, and it can only be fulfilled by Jesus Christ. We strive towards it. We are responsible to strive towards the law, right? To understand it, to understand its meaning. Because what? It still keeps pointing us towards Christ and who he is in his attributes, right? Um, so very important, uh, the law is not thrown out you know, with the baby in the wash water. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's something that we should strive to understand and, and, and know. And then finally, uh, anger. It says, you have heard that is said of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable for judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. 
Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, now that's raka in, in, in the Greek. That is something you just like, you didn't say. It was like a bad curse word. Uh, you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before and go before the altar and go First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going to him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. So, you know, interesting that my sermon last week was on anger, and lo and behold, it's, 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 it's back again this, this week. And, you know, if you had asked me before, well, what's the Bible have to say about anger? I might have remembered the, uh, the story of Nehemiah, because that was the first thing that came to mind. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, again, it's an attribute of God, right? Righteous anger is an attribute of God. It says, you have heard that it was said. So, so not just the teaching of the law and its promises, but they also heard from the Pharisees and scribes about this, right? You know, we learned last week the anger properly used when it's something that angers God, right? And, but, who, but whoever loses his or her cool and shouts with anger will be liable for their words, Right, even if not to that person, but be liable to God. So, so the latter is usually followed by insults, right? When it's when there's angers, and that that's why Jesus brings in here, you know, you fool, or, or as I said, raka in Greek. This this is a pretty serious charge when you think about it in this day, because this shows how flippantly our society has grown with. You know, you see that on social media, you see it in the newspaper, you see it from, you know, news commentary to where they're, they're, just, they're just blasting people, right, with, with, with no re- thought of recourse. You know, Jesus uses this to show that verbal abuse makes one liable for eternal damnation. That's pretty serious. That, that's pretty intent, intense when you, when you look at it, at it that way. Um, one of the interesting things is, um, and I remember reading this, you know, years ago after even after my conversion, when it talks about hellfire, you know, this could be a representative of the trash heap outside Jerusalem called Gehenna, right? And it was in the Valley of Hinnom, and it had a horrible, horrible reputation, right? Not only is it a stinky trash heap that's always burning, right, because that's how they get rid of all their trash and such, um, it was also notorious for human sacrifices during the reign of Ahab and Manasseh. You can find that in Second Chronicles. Again, Jesus reminds us not to look pious on the outside and keep playing church, right? Uh, that's that hole where you're going and you're delivering to the altar. You know, you're, you're, you're fulfilling your religious duty, but it's all in vain if you have business to do with a brother or a sister, right? It's all for naught because basically um, 
it's hypocritical when you, when you do that. It's, it's hypocritical. And, it, you know, what does it say? He talks about leaving the offering at the altar. doesn't say don't offer anything. He says leave the offering at the altar and reconcile with the brother who you have differences with. And in fact, it says specifically, in quotes, come to terms quickly. What happens when we allow our anger to churn? I mean, we've all done this. I've done this. I've done this. I remember um, when I worked for Land O'Lakes, we got a new maintenance manager. This guy was like, he, he was a trip. He was, he was, he was a, uh, what do they call that? Functional alcoholic? Um, he had... At the time when he worked there, he lost his driving privileges, so he rode his bike into work. Uh, and he was really interesting. He was just, just an interesting guy, knew everything. Uh, I was the IT person at the time, and I remember, you know, I was delving out all the different laptops, and 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 by at that time it was desktops. We only had only the lab had laptops at the time because they needed special things to plug in, but. Uh, I mean, he really got underneath my skin because he was never wrong. He was super self-righteous. Um, he didn't know how to treat people. And it just, I, I just let this guy, in everything I did, he tried to counterman, countermind. Uh, so, you know, we had what's called a Novell operating system, which back in the days, Novell was like the king of networking. And he called it novel. That even got underneath my skin, right? He called it novel. And uh, I remember I was like spewing off to Debbie. We were at a dinner at, at Gospel House. And, and we were spewing off. I was spewing this stuff off. I said, I can't believe this guy. And I just kept on going. And a guy at the table really nicely says, Dan, do you think he's saved? I'm like, absolutely not. And it was like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. And uh, I actually went to him afterwards. I was heavily convicted. And he looked totally surprised. I think it was like almost like deer in the headlights. I said, I need to apologize to you. He's like, for what? I said, man, I had been harboring some ill will because of, you know, and I, I named some things. And he just laughed it off. Uh, but it was still, it was, it totally changed my heart around, right? Uh, and it goes back to what, what uh, Ben said, you know, uh, after he was saved, was you start looking at people as souls, not people, right? And people are going to get underneath your skin. So don't let the anger burn up. Come to terms with it quickly, because I was letting it bug me big time. And I'm sure probably each one of you have this thought in your mind, oh, I've been, I did this or I did that. You know, we, we do this. But it says, come to terms quickly. Um, don't stay within the bondage of anger because that's what it is. It's bondage. You harbor that anger, it's just going to build up and it's going to make you miserable. And you know what's interesting? Just like the gentleman that I went to, the maintenance manager I went to, he had no idea that I was letting this churn inside me and make me angry. Who's that affecting? It's affecting me. 
It's not even, they don't even know about it, right? So don't stay within the bondage of anger, but work things out. Show mercy as Jesus would show mercy, right? Uh, you know, there's, 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 there's levels to which, you know, uh, the difference from the atrocities that we're seeing in Israel to be angry about, which is true righteous anger and it should be stopped, to uh, I'm upset because he calls novel novel, right? Uh, it's, it's all a balancing act. And don't let anger stand in your way because it's just going to make you miserable. It's, it's going to make you, it's going to take up, burn too many calories in your life. Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you.